0: Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah wa ba'd. Assalamu wa wa barakatuh InshaAllah, everyone is doing well. Alhamdulillah, um, today we are joined um, by a very special guest on the Parents' Pod. Um, the discussion that we plan to have today is one of great importance, subhanAllah. It's, it's one of the Qur'an. It's how we can preserve our children through the Qur'an. And that's the discussion for today, inshaAllah. Um, so please do... Um, Inshallah, uh, inshallah, you guys benefit. Please do put your comments um, on any tips that you guys have, any experiences that you have um, with preserving your children through the Quran. Alhamdulillah, our guest for today um, is Sheikh Haytham. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: Wa alaikum, assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Mashallah. Mashallah. Jazakallah khair, brother. Hamza, and may Allah Jalla ala all the brothers and sisters who are involved in this uh, beautiful program. May Allah Jalla'o'ala accept it from all, and may Allah Jalla'o'ala guide us to the best and help us to provide something of benefit for our viewers. Bismillah. Wa
0: Sheikh. Alhamdulillah. The, the way that we started this program, I remember when we were waiting to have our first child, and we were looking for um, for, for for resources for parents. Um, something that really has the Islamic narrative um, on parenting and there was very little out there. Um, So the aim for this actually um, is actually for me to learn, um, subhanAllah. So, um, and then, inshallah, whilst I'm learning, the listeners can also learn, Shaykh. Um, Shaykh, um, the discussion is on the Qur'an. um, And before we get into the discussion of raising our children, Shaykh, um, It'd be interesting to know what your journey the Quran was when you started the memorization and when you finished and just the experiences with that
1: she. Yeah, Bismillah, rahim alhamdulillah, ala rasulillah. To be honest with you, I don't think this uh, the journey uh, is really something of benefit for our viewers. Yeah, so uh, I prefer that we discuss something of benefit uh, for the viewers. Yeah, so. Just leave this point point
0: and
1: uh, but uh, I have said uh, in numerous occasions, yeah? yes, sir. Alhamdulillah, I am a half of now. And. Um, I always uh, wish that if I have memorized the Quran uh, in a very solid way at a very young age. Yeah, and I said number of times that I wish if uh, my father did everything, he tried his best. Yeah, but I wished if he was trying even more. Uh, and even one time I said, I wish if he was beating me up. But to memorize the Quran. Because now I see the benefit of memorizing the Quran, especially if you memorize the Quran at a very young age. There are certain juzu or chapters or parts of the Quran that I have memorized uh, when I was uh, quite young, Alhamdulillah. And those parts, I just read them as if I am reading Surah Fatiha. Without much thinking. And This, you won't be able to get it unless you memorize the Quran at a very young age. And that's why it was the habit of the early scholars to push their children as much as they can to memorize the Quran at a very young age, not to leave them. And even, in fact, uh, Ibn Khaldun, who was like in... in, 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 uh, a scholar in anthropology, he said that teaching children Quran is one of the usul of Islam, is one of the fundamental principles of Islam, because once you teach them the Quran, the first thing that will penetrate their hearts is the light of the Quran. A Suyuti said also something similar to this, that this is one of the principles of Islam and that Light of the Quran will penetrate their hearts, okay, before anything else uh, penetrates uh, their hearts. And he, uh, Ibn Abbas, radiallahu and who said, The one who memorized the Quran at a young age, and this is really amazing, he said that he has been given hikmah, wisdom, at a very young age. And we all know that Allah praised Luqman. Yeah. Uh, the Hikmah is something that is very valuable. And Allah mentioned about Yahya. Yeah. Yahya. Allah uh, uh, described him one time as He was a Sayyid. An, an honored person. Hasura means that he does not have incline towards Yani fitna of women. Allah Yahya Wa says about Yahya. We have given him the Hukum. Hukum means he became uh, a leader and Allah wouldn't give him that position except he was given what wisdom as well with Hukum. So it was and um, this is. Uh, really it is an amazing statement by Ibn Abbas and I urge all the brothers, sisters, parents, younger children to think about this statement that the person who memorized Quran at a young age, actually he was given hikmah at a very young age. And that's why the early scholars were very keen to teach their children Quran at a very young age. And some even um, uh, some, you know, educationalists from the early scholars said that you should start uh, making talqeen They call it talqeen I'll be speaking about it now. Yeah, you're a child of Qur'an uh, when he is able to pronounce the huruf correctly. Yeah, uh, not correctly means with tajweed. Yeah, yani when he starts to uh, to to. uh, speak uh, in Arabic which can be at the age of three or four. At the age of three uh, you can just the children can pick up uh, short surahs simple surahs like uh, and so on. Uh, So that should start at a very young age as we said three, four, then you need to increase the dose when you go to uh, maybe five, six, seven. And if we read the uh, stories of the early scholars, we will find that many of them memorized the Quran by the age of 10. Yeah, by the age of 10, many of them, including now, we see many people who memorize the Quran of, uh, at the age of 10. Uh, by the way one of the uh, scholars he passed away and his friend one of his friends saw a dream. yeah about him and he said to him uh, listen tell us what happened to you he said allah forgiven all my sins he said why he said for the children surah fatiha yeah allah. by teaching children surah fatiha and one of the scholars said that uh, you should compete yeah with your wife and husband and wife should compete among themselves who should teach the child what surah fatiha why is this yeah brothers and sisters listen to that why is that because uh, when you teach your child surah fatiha you are getting you will be getting similar reward whenever he reads surah fatiha for the rest of his life yes and at least on average okay or we can say at least uh, any muslim would read or listen to surah fatiha 17 times a day because we pray five times a day uh, 17 rak'a in each rakah, there is surah fatiha let alone the sunnah and in the Prophet وسلم, says, listen to this, brothers sisters. The Prophet وسلم, says, uh, the one who reads in Hadith Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, the one who reads a letter from the Book of Allah, he will be receiving 10 hasanat. Yeah? 10 hasanat. And then the Prophet وسلم, explained this. I don't say alif Mim as one letter, I say alif is one letter. Lam is another letter, Mim is another letter. So by reading alif lam mim, the person is getting minimum 30 letters. According to one interpretation, if you read Surah Fatiha, you will be receiving more than 1000 hasana. So imagine if you read Surah Fatiha or listen to Surah Fatiha with the intention of listening to it, yes, inshallah, uh, 17 times a day. This means 20,000 hasana in your hasanat account on a daily basis. And you will be giving it to the person who taught you Surah Fatiha. Allahu Akbar. What is an amazing amount of reward. Sorry. Uh, SubhanAllah
0: but, Shaykh, may Allah... May Allah allow us um, and our children to learn the Quran and allow mm-hmm. us to be a means of, of them to learn the Quran. Um, alhamdulillah, um, Auntie Fozia has also um, joined the call. Um, but before I um, get into the discussion, Cher, um with Auntie Fozia, Alhamdulillah, Auntie Fozia has um, many children and many of them have finished their Hibs as well, mashallah. Um, but before I introduce uh, Auntie, um, there's one question I wanted to ask you, Shia. Because when, I, when, we, when, we were, when we were having this podcast, I, I sent the message out and some people gave me questions. Um, and one of the questions people asked is, why do we stress, this isn't my opinion, it's just a question, why do we stress the Hiv when maybe the understanding might be more important? Okay. And to add to that, they said, they understand maybe from the scholars of the past and people in Arab countries, that for them, if they did the hiv they understood what they were reading and learning, but we don't even know Arabic. Um, why is maybe we should yeah. have more okay. good. Okay, there are two uh,
1: sides of this question. This is a well known question by the yeah. yeah, okay, especially here in the West or in, in Western non Arab countries. There are two sides. First of all, the issue of uh, Yani can we make Hebrew? Yeah, while we are non Arabs. And the second question what is the point of making Hebrew? And we do not understand it. Yeah. Okay. So now regarding the first part of the question, which is can we do it easily while we are non-Arabs? I'll ask you uh, in response to this. I normally respond like this. I say, okay, think of the world now. Where do you find the biggest number of Huffa? In Arab countries or in non-Arab countries?
0: Non
1: Arab countries. Non Arab countries. Okay. Not just only because of the population. Yeah. Maybe this is a reason because someone told me, no, sure. You mentioned Nigeria, you mentioned uh, uh, India, you mentioned Bangladesh. Yeah. You mentioned Pakistan. But, you know, Pakistan alone is like the entire Muslim, uh, uh, Popula- the entire world, uh, the, sorry, the entire Arab world population. Yeah that that's that might be true but i am talking about the percentage okay we don't have maybe accurate studies but it is well known that countries like bangladesh pakistan even india nigeria uh, i know a brother who uh, he's arab yeah and he has a charity in one of the african countries and he told me that uh, I, I don't recall that country in particular, which country actually, but he told me uh, it's not a big country, it's not Nigeria. He said to me that, you know, after 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock, there are certain villages, yeah, you see that there is a little light there because there is not much electricity and all you can hear that all or most of the houses there are revising their Qur'an, yeah? You don't find this anywhere in the Arab countries, okay? But anyway, forget about who is bigger in number. But the reality is we found millions of people from non-Arab countries who are memorising the Qur'an. So there is no excuse, okay? So this is proven by facts in front of us. The second thing is, uh, which many people use as an excuse, and they say the most important thing is memorization. This is a big doubt that goes into many people's minds and hearts. Brothers and sisters, Qur'an is not just any speech. Yeah, Qur'an is a miracle. Everything in the Qur'an is a miracle. That's why the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam said, yeah. And that's why Allah rewards us for reading every single letter. As we said, uh, the, hadith, the Prophet okay, said that, yeah. And moreover, the power of the Quran, yeah, goes everywhere. The power of listening to it, even without understanding the power of just reciting it. Yeah without even understanding uh, quran i call it like you know the rays of the sun when you expose yourself to the sun yeah the rays penetrate your body makes your body stronger even you don't feel it so once you read the quran iman penetrates your heart yeah even if you don't physically do something else because the Qur'an is the word of Allah Jalla Wa'ala, yes. Uh, and the Qur'an is the book, okay, the exact words of Allah Jalla Wa'ala. That's why Allah Jalla Wa'ala says وَإِنْ أَحَدٌ مِّنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ اسْتَجَارَكَ فَأَجِرْهُ حَتَّى يَسْمَعَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ yeah? حَتَّى يَسْمَعَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ means until he listens to the words of Allah, the kalam of Allah the speech of Allah. Yeah. And that's why Allah mentioned in numerous uh, verses in the Quran that the Quran is an Arabic book. In Quran and Arabiya. So many verses, maybe uh, 20 verses that confirm or even more than that, that Quran yeah, is an Arabic book as Allah have spoken it. So once we read the Quran, we actually read what Allah have said and what Allah have said will penetrate our bodies and therefore it will have a a major impact on our bodies. So that it is not true to say that if we do not understand the Quran, we don't benefit from the Quran. No, especially with the children, we will be speaking about the next step. So the first step let your children memorize the Quran, let them know the Quran by heart. Wallahi, this excuse is always the excuse of those who don't want to memorize the Quran and, and they want just to justify that for themselves that, well, what is the point of memorizing the Quran? Yeah, and they are being lazy. But once they memorize the Quran and they see the impact of that on themselves, they understand the difference between. Memorizing the Quran, even without understanding it and not memorizing the Quran.
0: SubhanAllah, Sheikh. Um, before, um, no, SubhanAllah, it's so true, Shaykh. One brother I know, I think there are 10 siblings, SubhanAllah, yeah. All of them are half of the Quran. Yeah. <laughs> His brother also has a master's in engineering. And he he's, he's the lead develop on a 100 or 150 million pound project. He's managing it, mashallah. Um, but... He leads Taraway, may Allah, you know, may Allah reward his parents, subhanallah. And you see actually earlier when you when you were even speaking about the hikmah that comes from them. Um and even like that, that brother isn't from an Arab background, But however, Auntie Foji is also um, on the call. Um, and even Salaikum auntie. Walikum salam ta' alaykum Samaikum Shaykhum, how are you? Ah
2: mashaAllah Alaykum as salamu rahmatullah,
0: mashaAllah,
1: how are you, sister?
2: Alhamdulillah,
1: exactly Alhamdulillah. I am really uh, honored uh, to be with you. And uh, uh, no, I want to say the uh, something, and uh, maybe please, Yanni, uh, I want to may- say it, but maybe just before, let me say it before I leave. Yeah? Uh, okay, just may- remind me to say something. Uh, that I want to say in the presence of uh, Sister Fozia, mashallah, Yeah, uh, before I leave. yes, uh, anyway, it is. It is good to be with you, Sister.
2: Likewise, likewise. No, no. we, you know, we, we, we. Uh, alhamdulillah, we strive uh, constantly to please Allah. But you know, mashallah, your, your, your knowledge, you know, is really enlightening. All the things that you've just said. Um, as, you know, they, they ring so true with our families here. We, we must uh, really be dedicated to the Quran if we really want it. Uh, you know, I, I think if there's anything that l- the listeners will take away is that they've got, you know, they've got to understand that to gain the Quran, you've got to first of all understand that you have to sacrifice. And that was what the the, the, the brother, um, who taught my children the Quran, uh, said to me the first step just after i'd asked if he could teach the children he said sister do you really want the quran do you really want your children to memorize and i said yes of course been making dua for a long time for this and he said okay then you need to sacrifice and i sat there and i thought to myself okay maybe he means financial what does he mean you know sacrifice and um later that transpired what that meant and it was a dedication that we had to have we had to sacrifice our time you know, everything in our lives had to be put second to the Qur'an. And I think if people really want the Qur'an for their children, they have to have that dedication.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, if I may say that uh, this is Jazakallah uh, Khair, this is, I think, a fundamental point. Maybe this is the key point. Yeah, Jazakallah uh, Khair. And uh, as you said, this uh, needs sacrifice from both, from parents and the children. The challenge comes, or there are so many challenges here. One of them is how to inspire children to have that love for the Quran in order to sacrifice okay, for the Quran. This is really, um, this is a challenge. And I don't think that we are able to address that challenge in, uh, in just a short lecture like this, but we need to do a number of things. And uh, I wanted actually to say, let me say part of what I wanted to say in the presence of Sister Fouzia. Uh, by the way, just for the viewers, I don't know Sister Fosia. I don't know uh, maybe I don't know whether we have we met before sister or
2: um I think we have yes uh, we met at um I think in Nottingham you were you were uh, delivering some uh, lectures yeah and we maybe met there. something like
1: um, and just okay when in one of those public lectures uh, yes. uh, uh, but uh, uh, I, I in the beginning, I didn't know that you are the mother of those brothers who went to uh, Jamia Islamiyya. Yeah, or one of your children went to Jamia islamia Yes. One or two? Yes,
2: Alhamdulillah. One, Alhamdulillah.
1: MashaAllah. May Allah Jalla bless him. And uh, and uh, I, I actually, I started to connect. One time I was giving uh, like uh, uh, a lecture and one person came and gave me salam. He was a very nice, intelligent boy. And then uh, another person, he told me, you know, this person, I said, Mashallah, he has very good Akhlaq and he was a student. I think first year in Jamia Islamiyah. He said to me that uh, his mother is the one who was, uh, you know, sacrificing, as you said, her time and her effort. So he memorized the Quran and he wants to go to Jamia Islamia. So this confirms what you have said, but I want to add one more thing. please everyone listen, everyone, everyone, please listen. yeah see the mother is the main reason for the child to love the Quran and to become a happy. yeah. Let me say that again. I am the father. I am a father. I am a man. But my role is insignificant compared to the role of my wife in teaching the children the Quran. So if you want your children, and by the way, I have interviewed so many younger children who memorized the Quran. And they confirmed to me that the main reason for them to memorize the Quran was their mothers. Very few people. I and I have interviewed many of the Huffal. Yeah. And uh, I am still doing that. Whenever I see a half of a young half of I ask him this question or her this question. And mainly the main reason is not the father, but the mother. Yeah. And I wanted to say that, okay, sisters, in particular, sisters, many of you now uh, looking to do something in your life, as you say, and many of you, when you reach the age of forty, you want to start working outside, and you see that you have plenty of time, and you see that you haven't achieved much in your life, etc. But here is a model in front of you, Sister Vosia, she is a role model for all of our women. I wish if our women, they think like our sister Fozia. yeah, really, really, because uh, one of the main worrying things now for me is uh, the marriage breakdown, marriage breakdown. And what is the main reason for marriage breakdown? Brothers are not men anymore. Sisters are not women anymore. Yeah. However, see brothers, I am in this field of marriage. Uh, for the last, I am married, of course, for the last maybe 30 years, but I'm in this, uh, you know, uh, helping people to fix their marriages and doing counseling and judgments, yeah, for 20 plus years in different environments and different cultures. If now in in, in a marriage, if the husband is uh, off the track, but the mother is a good mother, the children will be very likely to be good children. If the opposite is the case where the mother is off the track, She's misguided or she doesn't put her main aim is not to uh, look after her family and her children. Yeah. And even if the father is the best person in the world, he wouldn't be able to raise up good uh, children. Yeah. It is true that maybe the man might be oppressor, might be wrongdoer, might be whatever an evil person. Yet, the mother, yeah, and the wife is uh, the uh, sec- security or the yeah the security valve or the security switch, yeah. She can keep everything intact, everything secure despite the. Uh, Presence of an evil husband. But not the other way around. If the wife is evil, yeah, the highest one will be helpless. So therefore, my dear sisters, please, please, you need to understand your role. Yeah. Allah has given you so much power. You are more powerful than us from many angles. However, the enemies of humanity, they want to strip you of this power. Yeah, because this power is a constructive power and they want to leave you powerless and fool you uh, by uh, giving you something that you think that it is really power, freedom, empowerment and so on, but actually they will leave you powerless. And as a result, yeah, that power that is needed for the stability of society is not there anymore. So societies will collapse. Societies will collapse. And Fukuyama has said something like this recently and maybe in the last few weeks. Societies will collapse now because the real skeleton, the real power, that to protect the societies, which is the female, the mother, yeah, the wife, that real power is not there anymore, so societies will not have a skeleton, so the building will collapse, and that is the most worrying thing for me now. And that's why sometimes I'm thinking of just dedicating my life in order to empower our women with the right power. Yes, because once they are empowered and they have this power, then they will be able to keep the societies intact and preserve the societies. Yeah, and they will be able, of course, to raise up the second and third generation. To summarize, okay, I wanted to say, sisters, this is Sister uh, Fozia in front of you. She had you told me, Hamza, that she had eight children. Is that <laughs> true, sister? <laughs> yes,
2: mashallah. MashaAllah
1: Tabaratallah. MashaAllah May Allah preserve you. May Allah protect you. Eight children. Mm-hmm. And you are also uh, not doing full-time job uh, outside. No, you are doing a full-time job which is Running a school, running an Islamic school, otherwise you wouldn't run any, uh, you wouldn't do any other business. Yeah, and many yeah. of her children are far, mashallah, may Allah preserve her. Her husband mm-hmm. is not a scholar, her husband is not, you yani, um, a different person. Okay, so, but because of her presence, yeah, she led this successful uh, family Allah, tabarakallah so those of our sisters who want to have role models and some sisters they say we don't have role models in front of us actually you have you have at that you have from the time of the prophet the likes of khadija Allah ta'ala anha yeah and when they talk about khadija they say that she was a business uh, woman. No, she was not a business woman. She never traveled. Yeah, she never traveled for to do business. Yeah, especially after the life of the Prophet Sallallahu after her marriage to the Prophet Sallallahu She was sending or appointing someone to a trade in her wealth. She was a wealthy lady. So she is the role model for us. Aisha Ta'ala Anha is a role model for us. There are hundreds of them, but someone might say these are role models from the past. We have the likes of our sister uh, here. May Allah protect her sister Fozia. Sisters, if you want to have a role model, this is uh, an example in front of you. She is not from Makkah. She's not from Saudi Arabia. She's not from Pakistan. She is a British lady. Yeah, as you can see, she speaks English. And her uh, children were brought, uh, born, brought up here. Uh, and MashaAllah, she is a successful, empowered. Uh,
0: lady. MashaAllah, um, I know it must be very awkward. Um, for,
2: um, You know, it's it's, uh, too generous. Your words are too generous. May Allah
1: give us tawfiq, because without tawfiq. I mean, may Allah give you tawfiq. But Wallahi, I'm speaking from the bottom of my heart because, you know, I do lectures everywhere, I speak to different people from different backgrounds. And the main question sisters say, they ask, they said, we need role models. Yeah, what to do? And uh, Mm. we want to do this. We want to do that. And all what they do is really taking off their power, the real power from them, and replace it with fake power. Yeah? Uh, and then they say, but how? How can we do it? And that's why I am really so keen to present uh, ladies and women like you and mothers like you for our sisters.
0: SubhanAllah. So, um- you know, Sheikh so Shaykh Haytham, um, Auntie Fozia is obviously um she's my mother in law. Um and you know subhanAllah when you were saying the story of Medina University, and that's actually how we met how I met them, it was through yourself. And you you recommended her children um for my to we had some Mashayf down doing the interviews and Sheikh Ahmed Rashid al and you called me and you said, I have um, a brother I'd like to recommend and you gave me Auntie Fozia's number, um subhanAllah. One of the things is, and this is actually why, Chef, that we chose this topic, because even when it comes to the juhu do for your children, like where does it start? What is, for me, and what I've seen even with Auntie Fozia, I've seen with other mothers, um, like one of my friends, Adil Nahdi, and other brothers as well, that their parents really, when it came to education, it, it, it started with the Qur'an, you know, it really started with the Qur'an. Um, and. I'd like Auntie Fozia maybe, Chef, um, to share maybe some of her stories. To share some of your stories with um, how it was like when you had so many children at a young age, and you wanted for them to memorize the Quran and you wanted them to study. How was that routine like? What what was the day to day struggle? Or what was that day to day routine? Um,
2: yes, Mr. Rahman, indeed. I mean, I think first and foremost, I think it's really really important that. Um, uh, everybody realizes that there's, you know, we're all uh, trying our best to um, fulfill all our fard, you know. And as a mother, your children, you know, they're always in your eyes. They're in front of you and you, you can't um, uh, um, neglect to ignore that in the sense that you're constantly seeing them visually. You know their needs. Um, and I think uh, w- as myself, when we had made lots of da'a first and foremost. And I, I remember saying to my husband, look, you know, um, s- s- you know, one of my, uh, my eldest children, I said, his memory is very, very good. You know, we must get him to to, to memorize the Quran. And I said him, can you please find out anybody at the Masajid, somebody who can teach him? And he had gone and he searched and asked and, you know, we couldn't um, uh, find anybody. And it was like, no, I asked the brothers and there's nothing. And then from that you know we continued with the dua we kept you know like, you know i remember just sort of crying to allah SWT, saying, please allah i really want this you know and uh then you know alhamdulillah through you know um us having to move uh house from where we lived there was two options and i made istikhara i remember for the two and the one of them it, uh when i had uh, finished istikhara and you know after uh, uh, it was complete and the following day i remember feeling like you know, I just do remember how strong this Tihara was, and it was like it was like this. You know, the sun was shining bright, and it was a very strong, you know, uh, sensation that I had about moving to that 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 area. So we moved, and um, although the school where I worked was near the other house that they had offered us, so we had then moved, and um, I remember coming to the area and then feeling like, oh, subhanAllah, you know, it's not very. It's not very becoming and you know I, I, I sort of became a bit down and then um, uh, one of the younger uh, little children in the area took me to fill their sort of uh, electricity card and um, when I did that he said to me I said what's the area like and he said oh auntie it's not very good it's like this and like that and I remember at that point I, I almost wanted to burst into tears I was like so um, worried and then I thought no I made this sekhara and I will I will sort of uh, have to Allah. I'm not going to let um, what this little boy is saying uh, get me down and I'm just gonna not going to re- think about this and I'm just going to focus on the fact that there's a ni'ma and that's it. And then within days, literally a week, um, we had found out that our Qur'an teacher, now Qur'an teacher, was uh, a neighbour, so living across the road. And you've got to remember that with, when you've got lots of children, And plus, you know, they were going to school with me and I had babies and I remember, you know, thinking I can't, uh, there's no possibility to drive them anywhere. I don't have the strength or the you know, capacity to put them, bundle them in the car and take them and, you know, but Allah made it so easy. He had brought somebody to my doorstep or rather me to them, you know, and so that it was easy. But the routine was a seven day routine. You know, they had. They were going uh, first thing in the morning, so 6 a.m. They had to wake up um, uh, and they were, um, uh, you know, so uh, get ready, breakfast, et cetera. And by 7 a.m. they were at the Quran teacher's house across the road and all of them. And then uh, we would leave, they would do an hour or just an hour and a half of Quran. Then we would, they would come back. We would get straight into the car and drive to school. We'd have a day at the school. Um, and the instructions were that they were not to, learn Qur'an with anybody else and they were just to repeat whatever he taught them and that went on and the weekend was my job. So Saturday, Sunday morning they would wake up at 7 a.m and there's no breakfast and some people might find this Uh, They they might find this a bit uh, harsh or they might think, oh, that's a bit difficult. Well, actually not because the children just, their Qur'an was their breakfast, you see. So we got up and it was early start again. Remember, you know, again, I had little, little children, little babies too. But the ones who were memorizing at that time, so we were, you know, five, six of them at the time. So we were all up and um, they had instructions. They had to read if they knew uh, three juz. They had to read those three just out loud. Like, so everybody's reciting. So we're in this room and they're all reciting loud. And um, and they could only have breakfast when that was finished. And that carried on. That was, a, 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 you know, the, that could never be neglected. Um, uh, uh, we would not go out. We would not do anything. I wouldn't do anything else but that um, uh, at the weekend. And even if... Um, the children hadn't completed their Qur'an, but they hadn't given their dars, then we would cut short anything we were going to do. Like we wouldn't go out or we wouldn't... If there was an invite somewhere, we'd say, no, sorry, we can't come because, you know, we're busy. Um, or my husband would go or, you know, we would... It was uh, it was a routine in our home. And um, that continued until they finished memorising. And then, you know, as they knew Quran, then it was... Um, the revision part of it was they still had to split it into half, you know, or you know do do part, large parts of it um, uh, on that Saturday and one on the Sunday so that they they were constantly reciting it and memorizing it. Um, and that was that was how we functioned and it was um, a focal part of our house constantly. Masha. but that was the dedication it needed, you know it couldn't it, we couldn't achieve anything if we didn't have that dedication if we weren't on top of it, you know.
0: Allahumma have you got any questions? I know you have about
1: ten minutes of your time. Yeah. So before, okay. uh, sister, I, those children when they reach the age of uh, the age of maybe uh, eleven, twelve, they might become rebellious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, how did you manage that period?
2: Um, to be honest with you, mashallah, the, uh, our brother, the, the Qur'an teacher, was also their murabbi. And I think after myself and my husband, he was like a father to them. He knew them inside out. So if there was anything, we, we you know I would uh, pick up the phone and I would tell him, say, you know, but this was going on, uh, you know, there's this, you know, um, issue here. And then he would say, okay, sister, no problem. Uh, we will speak about it and I will come, so he would come to the door and the children would, you know, he'd say bring them, who's it, you know, and he would have a conversation. So there was no, you know, it it was, it wasn't just me, um, uh, organizing them with the Quran and, you know, facing the challenges, we did it together, but also I think it was, it was made routine because also they had camaraderie, they had the, the Quran teachers' children were also learning and in the same way as them, and obviously attending our school. So it was a, it, they had uh, a normality to it. Children, I my personal advice is make sure you don't try to do this sort of by yourself alone. Try to do it with other families who are also dedicated to, to the Quran. And the children feel that there is a sense of normality that other children are doing it. And I did feel that when they reach, that, you know, like you said, 10, 11, 12, they started to feel a little bit like, you know, uh, you know their nafs issues start to rise. And they start feeling a bit like, uh, you know, you know. Oh, I want to do this and 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 the other. But I think if they've got that um, uh, companionship, companions of the Quran with them, then that that is uh, lessened somewhat. Um, and I think having the support of other families is a is a vital aspect of, of encouraging your children to memorize the Quran and facing the challenges.
1: Okay, if I may summarize what uh, Sister Fozia said. Yeah, uh, then I think there are three points here, brothers, sisters. Listen to them. First of all, you need a good teacher, a good murabbi, as the sister said. And here I recall. Uh, chef,
0: yes, Very quickly, chef. Um, Could you explain to the listeners what a murabbi is as well? Murabbi is a
1: a, a teacher who will look after them and try to nurture them from all angles. Not just give mm, them the intention theoretically. Yeah, he is the one who is looking after them from all angles. Yeah, and that, of course, is a very rare, uh, a very rare quality, and you rarely find those teachers who can be morabbin. But as much as you can try to find it and here I recall a statement by one of the. Abbasi caliphs, and he said that okay, don't teach your children through murabbin. And he said that uh, uh, one of the scholars said that the Abbasis, the caliphs, it was their habits to appoint murabbin for their teachers. Even one of the Abbasi caliphs, he was giving instructions to his uh, to 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 his teachers murabbi which is Ajib. So he is the one who is giving the teacher instructions and tarbiyah, but the murabbi, the teacher, he was actually the one who is uh, implementing the day-to-day running of the tarbiyah. This is vital. Yeah, sometimes uh, the parents, or in in most cases, because they see the children 24-7, they become really frustrated or they might not have, uh, the, 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 the courage or the, the the right method to pass certain information to them. So you need an external person who does not sleep in the same house, go to the same bathroom and, you know, use the facilities and 24-7 he is there. Okay. And they say, uh, what, what is the word? Uh, familiarity breeds contentment. Yeah. So that breaks the... Uh, the process of education. So this is one thing. Uh, The other thing this is to say the importance of having other families to share with you the same vision. Because then uh, your children will not be will not feel isolated or they will not uh, feel or suffer from the negative peer pressure by other peers who are not interested uh, to, to, to uh, study the Quran. Yeah, uh, is the sister leaving? Please tell her to come back because I am leaving in a few minutes. Yeah. Sister Fazia.
2: Yes, I'm, I'm still with you, Chef.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wish that you stay and carry on because I need to go to catch my uh, Salah. Yeah. And so this was the second thing, the uh, last thing. Uh, you mentioned, okay, uh, which is quite, sorry, I forgot that. So the, 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 the family, the Morabbi, ah, yes, yes, yeah. When I ask you about uh, when they reach the age of 11, 12, and they become, you know, a bit difficult. Uh, see, it is very important to start with your children at a young age. Because once you start at a young age, it will become part of their chemistry, part of their psyche, part of. If you leave it until the wrong age, it will give the wrong maybe outcome. Yeah, if you start teaching them when they are in the middle of their uh, the or the peak of their uh, rebellious kind of, uh, you know, uh, stage, then you might not just achieve little, no, you it might be counterproductive. But when you start with them at a very young age, that will become part of their life. Yeah, I want to mention those uh points. Jazakum Khairan, it is really a very important discussion. Jazakallah Khair, brother Hamza, Jazakallah Khair for the Khair, brothers in,
2: oh, uh,
1: in Islam it is a very very important discussion and we need so many sessions and discussions like this yeah and here I would like to say to younger young parents that please uh, do read about parenting do uh, take courses they will be really very helpful for you to take some skills don't many of us unfortunately we just and you know, become parents just naturally i have a child i didn't learn how to raise him up and how to deal with the difficulties etc and then i am just i'm just learning by time and maybe i will make major mistakes while bringing him or bringing her up is <inaudible> khairan sorry i have to leave you uh, may Allah Jalla Wa protect all of you. i mean Sheikh
0: Dr. Hiron. for your time, Sheikh. May Allah protect from you. And Shaykh, um in the upcoming weeks we can do another one well, in inshallah Well, <laughs> I,
2: I, I think there's a lot still that we, we, we can discuss about this topic because it's a very, it's, it's a, it's topic that's really dear to my heart, you yes. know, as Pamela, and I think um it should be the the nucleus of every family i, I yes. really think that
1: yes yes
2: exactly.
1: you. give salam to your husband and to your children
2: wa alaykum <laughs> assalam tur wa alaykum to bakat
1: alaykum
0: um the, the reminder that Sheikh Haitham gave, especially at the beginning um, of our conversation, was about just the importance of learning the Qur'an. Um, mm. as a, um, I haven't got, You can't have much of a discussion with me. I'm not like, I don't have any experience in this. Um, but there's one thing um, that I've noticed is everyone, it's very, very similar to the points that you said, but everyone that they bought their children on the Qur'an, um, even the brother was speaking about earlier. Ten of them all have. It. He's managing a hundred million pound or 150 million pound site now. Um, that routine sort of is what kept them, and it was also with other children that had the same routine. You know, um, I think as you were speaking, I was thinking about some of the questions that parents could have. Like even myself, right? What if you can't find um, a good teacher? Um, what if you can't find other families, um, is there a technician doing that? Um, is with any advice?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think first and foremost we, you know, we're in a situation where we're in a really, really uh, beneficial situation with regards to learning, I think, because now mm-hmm. we're you know in the middle of this COVID situation um, and things are going online. So I would say to parents, okay, the masajid are closed, okay, you know, um, you, you, you're you not able to travel. We've got problems with accessing uh, our normal uh, routines and teachers and things like that. So say you are in a situation, you you can't find someone um, in, you know, uh, at your local masjid or in the vicinity in the area who has got a school or they run a madrasa for Qur'an and hift. Um, and especially, I think one of the big things his sisters always say to me, Um, But they're at school and then by the time they come home, they're really tired and, uh, you know, weekend is busy. It's almost like impossible. I don't have that that facility to tap into. Um, I would say just, you know, think again. First of all, you know, if you've got this strong need for your children to memorize the Quran, then you have to follow that up with an action. And that means, um, you know, uh exhausting all channels so you can't find somebody physically then think about okay let's move this to online okay there are, you know are there people of caliber that teach online um uh, you know who, who do i know of who can i ask and local you know um uh, mums and even if you find uh, uh, the um, uh, imam of the local masjid you can ask around and nowadays we're connected on um, you know Facebook and you know uh, sorry WhatsApp and, yes, and, and, no, no, no. and these mediums
0: before you go into all of that one thing that I've noticed even maybe from my own journey of you know, trying to learn or even Arabic sometimes there's so many methodologies out there as well um, yes. so many people have so many bits of advice um, I think it starts with a commitment <laughs> um, yes like you've got to be Absolutely. committed you know um, I think once you're committed and you're sincere um, if Allah wants it for you, he'll make he'll open
2: the door for you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Where there's a will, I mean I think Hamza, you, like you said commitment, you know, having that strong niya to to, mm. to to do that. Um and you know, where there's a will, there's a way, they say. Okay. So, you know, with your with your sincere devotion to achieving this, um, as a vision for your children, you know, Allah says in the Quran, um uh, the, the best job that you can do is learn the Quran and teach it. So if Allah is saying that, and then you've got an intention for that as a servant a slave of Allah, surely the doors are going to open. You have to, you know, you know, you know, you have to sincerely believe that, have that tawakkul, that Allah will find a way for you to achieve the goal uh, that that you you know that, that you want your child to memorize the Quran. Um, and I think that if that's strong enough then, you know, um, things will open up, you know, you, you will find a way and it will be... It may. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but sometimes, you know, when you um, really want something, um, uh, you're prepared to strive for it, you're prepared to do the struggle. You know, uh, like I said, the journey of my children memorizing the Qur'an, it wasn't easy. You know, there was times when the Qur'an teacher moved house, and then they had to, we had to travel there and you know there was you know there was you know uh, problems with you know who's going to, to take them there but but it had to be done that was what we were not going to compromise and uh, uh you know um you know i had to make sure in the evening i was monitoring their time they had their schoolwork. they needed to sit and memorize as well they had to prepare themselves they needed to be ready by the morning and that was all on me so you know i i would say to moms out there that you know um, t- take it as 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 a serious commitment and um, uh, it's not for the faint hearted but you can achieve it everybody can do it you know um, and the help of allah will come if you if you go mm-hmm. to him and you you really you 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 are at Hajj and you you know you ask allah in your sujood and you make dua for it the help of allah will come allah taala is not going to let you down I, I, you know, Allah SWT says, I am I heavily paraphrased here, as my servant sees me, you know, I, in, when we, when I, I think of Allah SWT, I think, you know, Allah SWT is gonna, going to help me on this path. He is going to help me because I want them to come closer to him. I want them to learn his word. That's more important to me than any other knowledge. Surely with that, uh, you, you know, you, you're going to feel empowered and you will feel like you're on a, a successful journey, inshaAllah.
0: Uh, you know, um, one other thing as well. One of the one of the final points. So there's so many questions. Um, I think we need a completely separate podcast from offshoots of this discussion. Yes. However, you know, like when you were when you were on that journey of with your children, right? Um, why are you focused on the end goal, or are you more focused on the struggle, like the effort? I don't know if that makes sense.
2: Um yeah no i i think i know what you mean um to be honest with you it was um one and the same because to get to the end goal um they, you know we had to uh we needed to you know continue it, it, it was like you know that what the end is because inshallah uh, you know you're hoping and praying by by Allah's will alone that they will inshallah finish the memorization but it's not about um just saying oh they are hafid. they've now memorized the Quran it was more so that it was about preserving the word of Allah and passing it on to other generations and I always oh, so tell my children it's not for you, this is, you didn't memorize the Quran for yourself it's so that you can continue to propagate it and to teach others and pass on the word of Allah as he revealed it you know, so mm-hmm. I think so the reason, it's the not re-
0: so Yes. the, the reason why I was asking is because like a few years ago we did a survey right to over 400 youth and only four of them like no, not only three of them sorry um could read could actually read the quran fluently they said in the survey mm-hmm. you know um, mm-hmm. i really feel like um like okay let's take out a lot of the questions i think we were speaking, we speaking this before you joined the call. like a lot of people have like a lot of questions about ah, oh, we should focus on understanding and not the him but really i think what they're doing is just making excuses um, and I think the Sheikh touched on this as well um, hmm. but sometimes they're not making an excuse it's um, this is what they're struggling with like so they're asking the wrong question how do I, it's really how do I overcome this but like you, whilst there's a lot more institutions of in the Quran and Madhra I just noticed with youth um, they don't know how to even read the Quran you know um, and even if it's even maybe for parents and you should really and you, you obviously add on this um One of the things that I feel is even if you really want them to memorise the Qur'an, um, don't start with memorising, at least start your journey, you know. Um, Do the juhud, start that journey, have a routine, but commit yourself to making sure that, you know, they do at least start that journey and inshallah see that journey through. Um, I just feel, I just feel like, um, I just feel like, we just sort of got our priorities wrong. Um, and that sort of takes me to the next question. Um, how would you sort of prioritize the Quranic studies and Quran with the secular studies? Is it something they did at the same time? Are um, there sometimes where you have to prioritize one over the other? Um, how was that when you were um, doing the Quran with them?
2: Yeah. Um, what I was saying is that, um, uh, like Sheikh Haytham said, that, you know, you start the memorization of the Quran early, so before even the sort of, if you like, you know, the the, the secular studies begin. Um, Because even with my children, um, they were as soon as, you know, um, they were were about three years old and they they could copy and memorize and repeat and and things. I, you know, we, we started them uh, in memorizing the Qur'an and they couldn't read or write Arabic that, at that time. Um, they probably didn't even recognize the alphabet, Arabic alphabet, or any alphabet for that matter, but they they their brains were absorbing any language, any, um, uh, you know, audio um, that came their way. Um, so the Qur'an was, you know, begun before any other literacy was happening and and they um, they were literally learning it from the 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 tongue of the teacher and to themselves. So they would look at um, the teacher's um, uh, mouth and the way they articulated it, the um, uh, the, the tajweed of the Quran. Then they would repeat, and it was just by listening and 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 following what the teacher was saying. And then again, like we were doing at home, then mem- you know, sort of making sure that they kept that to memory. So. To be honest with you, I think first and foremost is prioritise the Qur'an and then alongside that, because the brain is amazing is that um, it, uh, the more you utilise um, uh, the, the brain, it expands. So with that, you will naturally bring in um, the studies when it's appropriate. Um, and, you know, I, I still think if you start your day with the quran you are prioritizing the quran over the other studies although that does not mean that you have um uh, less expectations um of the children but you must also be realistic and when it comes to this is why if you start early um and that is your goal for them to memorize um you can finish that um before they their studies uh, in school start taking a bit of a serious curve um uh, but it doesn't inhibit their ability because they memorise memorizing the Quran, it actually increases it. So, you know, I know people always have this, oh, but you know, they've got to go to school and that's really, really important. But I did something a bit um non-conventional um, is that um for you know I decided to withdraw my children for a couple of years from primary school so they could complete the hifth. um And I've not regretted that and I'm happy that I did that. And I think that, you know, I'm you know I, I'm a firm believer in um, you know, uh, taking the right action um, for those individual children—that you know you can see that the, that that they've got the potential—and there's the seriousness there. Um, and you just support them with where in in the areas where they need um, help. But again, it's up to you as a family, uh, as a couple—you know, husband and wife—to decide what action um, you're going to be working together on. And I think this is really key as well, Hamza. That. Both parents have to be supporting this, and it should never be that one's doing it and the other's completely um, averse to it because that can cause conflict for the child. And you know, they're forever thinking that I agree, I agree with
0: what you're saying. In an ideal world, you should both um, be on that journey together, but sometimes, um, maybe some of the listeners, um, your single parents, um,
2: maybe no, no, indeed,
0: they've been through, or maybe they're just two parents that. Um, they see eye to eye on a lot of things but maybe this is something that they don't see eye to eye on um, yeah. you know um, a widow yeah
2: no I agree I, I, I think there well, are obviously a lot
0: of people that have these type of situations um, mm.
2: because
0: I mentioned it even in the last week's podcast about Yusuf um, Imam Ahmed's story and I think Mishai Khaitan touched on this a lot earlier that um, with the Quran like yes I think I think the, the I get, I agree with what you're saying in terms of um, it's important that for both if you're a husband or a father listening to this, you should take it really, really seriously, you know, um, and you should support your family in doing and, and your wife and the mother of your children in doing that. Um, but then imagine it's just one figure there, you know, and say a father by himself with the children or a mother by herself with the children. Um, how would, um. What advice
2: would you give to that person? Um, I would just say, you know, keep the candle burning, keep going. You have to, you're doing something um, in the path of Allah. It's a very, you know, um, uh, honourable thing. And you're preserving the Quran for the future generations. Um, And you're pleasing Allah in it. And you shouldn't feel perturbed to the least if somebody doesn't like it or you don't have the support. I don't think it's a factor for for you to deter yourself from it. No. Just carry on going. You should if you've got that conviction, then take the action and, 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 and keep going with it. You know, um, and don't let anything or anyone um be negative t- towards you, you as an individual or your, your you know, what you're 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 doing with your children, especially if it's in the path of Allah. Like you
0: said earlier, like you said earlier Allah will open doors. Yes like, it, like absolutely. for yourself, you know, like um he moved you guys to a house that didn't seem like the nicer house. No. Uh, but you, you did your istikhana, and you wanted them to learn the Quran. And Allah brought you to your Quran, teacher, you know, subhanAllah. Um, so Allah will open doors, you know, um, and again, it's like, yeah. Uh,
2: this, this thing, if Allah wants khair for you, then nobody can take that away. And that, and, you know, that will reach you. It will come to you. You just... You just have to lift your hands and you have to supplicate Allah. You have to you have to make the dua. You have to ask him. And and uh, you know, Allah is shy to turn you away from, you know, empty handed. So I think my big advice to any brother or sister, you know, and there are lots of, you know, sisters and brothers with with children who, you know, single parents, but I'd say, you know, I'd say if you think about the Imams, a lot of the you know, Imam Ali's mom was a single mom. You know? You, if you go and you research into, into the, the mothers um, uh, um, of these uh, righteous scholars, a lot of them, they, they were single moms and you know, they were the, 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 the key people, just dr- the driving force um, um, for their children to seek the knowledge and gain the knowledge that they had and that they mashallah, are now passing on and may Allah give them the highest status in the Jannah for that. Um, so don't ever feel um, powerless. You should actually, like Sheikh you should actually feel empowered because there is no one that has your your station and your place. And you know, um, as long as you're responsible and you yes, um, seek shura, uh, ask sisters and, and brothers that are going to you know that you know that, that they are um, they are uh, dedicated to um, uh, can pushing can to children more... in seeking knowledge.
0: Can I maybe add one more thing to what you're saying as well? and maybe a basic question I asked um, is sometimes actually as as um, as parents we might get our priorities wrong um, and sometimes we might have differences etc. But I usually find that when it comes to the Quran that in itself, that juhud will be something that brings the family together Indeed. because ultimately let's just say for argument's sake um, let's say with a father who, who didn't really care about it and the mother struggled in the father will be proud when that child reads Quran, you know, um, and leads him in the Salah when they're older. Um, the father will still be proud, you know, um, and he will appreciate it. Um, and sometimes, actually, it's things like the Quran and education that can actually bring the family together. Can be a means try you know try, try and get unity on. You know, subhanallah in the household. Um, Auntie Fola, before we finish, um, is there any final sort of? I know this can go on forever, subhanallah. But on the topic of just a hiv itself um what's your final message to um the parents and mothers and fathers back home listening
2: to um, that? yeah i think my final message is that um uh as parents you know uh, be a good source of inspiration to your children so if you want them to memorize the quran let them see you even reading it even if you don't uh, you haven't got the 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 eloquence of the tajweed or, you know, you're not, you haven't got complete fluency, show them that the Qur'an is important to you. Make the Qur'an part of their life. So first thing in the morning, you know, prepare, you know, sorry, recite, you know, sorry, uh, play the surahs uh, um, uh, um, uh, for the children that are going to be protection for them for the rest of the day. Uh, Make sure on Jummah, you know, they're reciting surah Al-Kaf, and you're doing it with them um, and they're listening to you. you know uh, make sure that you're showing them that your reliance on the Qur'an is big even though you might not have memorized all of it your reliance on the Qur'an, the Quran is very big a very big part of your life um, so I think it's all about um, being the um, visual dawa to your children uh, rather than just telling them by words okay do it okay I want you to do this but Visuals always speak louder than any type of audio message that you might get um, in this in the context of, you know, um, telling somebody to do something. They want to see that you're doing it too. And often something that we, uh, I will say to the teachers at the school um, is that, you know, I said in your break time, um, do also pick up the Quran, you know, share with the children um, uh, the the book that you're reading to encourage them to be more literate. You know, make sure that you're doing your ad'iyah. Maybe it's it's not uh, part of the sunnah to do it loud, but do it loud with them so that they can see, oh, our teacher does that. This Is something that we want to do, so I think you've got to be more. If I was to tell the parents anything, it's you've got to be more outward with your love of the Quran, with your practice of um, uh, uh the, the surahs that you recite daily. Um, even if it's sort of the mulk before you go to bed, make sure the children know that you're doing that. And you might feel a bit like, oh, subhanallah, you know, maybe there's a little bit of uh showing off here. I don't, you know, that maybe it's taking away uh, the sincerity behind um, the action. La. Not when it comes to your children because you have to be the inner voice when they're by themselves and you have to be the reference point when they're not sure or when they're questioned about their you know um uh, conviction it will also come from your inspiration and and the doubt that you give them as parents so yeah that that's my 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 golden bit of advice
0: there Um, for the advice um i've had a lot to think about why you why everyone why you're saying when yourself was speaking, Shaykh Hatham was speaking, I certainly learned a lot from it. Um Like, inshallah, things that even I can um, try and act upon um, straight Amen. away. May Allah accept it from
2: Amen.
0: you, um from Shaykh izho, may Allah, um May Allah bless Ummah, Prophet ﷺ. May Allah forgive us sins, may allow us to be people of the Qur'an, and people that can Amen. teach it and learn it. Um, and people that our are, are children are reading the Qur'an and, and I mean, I mean. our characteristics are based on the
2: Qur'an. I um, mean, yeah. but, um, you know, there's one, one thing I wanted to add there when you said keepers of the Qur'an and often, you know, I remember I was listening to something years ago and the Sheikh was saying at the time, you know, we, we think that our children are um, keeping the Qur'an, they're, they're doing, you know, they're protecting the Qur'an. Actually, <laughs> Allah sent the Qur'an to protect them. <laughs> you know and that just i remember just sitting down thinking about that for for days on end and that increased me in so much conviction um because i thought no um, uh, you know i need you know which mother doesn't want their, the 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 greatest protection for their children and, and and i just thought no no you know we need this for our children um so you know let us you know um just keep, keep striving and keep making the dua'at Allah for the khair for our children. And um, there can't be a better khair than the, words in the Quran, I'm okay.
0: sure. If any of the listeners have any questions, um, feel free to ask. Um, we do see the questions. We can reply back to them, well, inshaAllah. Um, if you have any tips, please share them. Um, if you found this podcast beneficial, please share it with your friends. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, share it with other parents, inshallah Jalla um, ala um, We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. wa <laughs>
2: barakatuh.